Welcome to Ag Credit Set It. In each episode, our hosts sit down with experts from all parts of the agriculture industry to bring you insights and must-have information on all things from farming to finances and everything in between. Hey guys, and welcome back to another exciting episode of Ag Credit Set It. I'm Matt, and here my partner in crime is always Libby. Libby, how are we doing today? Doing great. The sun was shining on the way up and I saw fields are planted. And so that's exciting. You know, it's uh, it's been kind of one of them crazy springs, a little, a little different weather, uh, you know, Northwest Ohio weather, 40 degrees, 80 degrees, rain, snow, you know, sunshine, usually all about the same week. You know, yeah. that's always just, just, just makes a guy just really scratch his head when you're trying to plan something. Well, there's <laughs> been a lot of 24 hour uh, planting days here for some of these guys. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we've got a exciting episode today. We are going to meet with Jenny Mezzaro, and uh, she is part of our Farm Credit Council for the Farm Credit System. And we're going to get uh, some Farm Bill updates and just some general stuff going on in, in D.C. So, Welcome, Jenny. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, so sure, I can tell you a little bit about my background and how I got to where I am now. Um, so I am originally from South Florida. I always really liked politics. It was a little bit of family tradition. My grandmother was very involved in politics in New Jersey. My mom had sort of dabbled as well. And when I got into the university of Florida, I thought, you know what, let's give, let's give the poli-sci major a, a go. And I, and then I did a criminology minor thinking, oh, I'll go to law school or something like that. But I got this very cool opportunity when I was a junior to join their political management master's program. So I got to do my last 12 undergraduate credits in the graduate school. And then my senior year of college was all in the graduate school. So I got a ton of practical application as well as political theory classes. And I just fell in love with the political campaign and, you know, the process and did a bunch of um, summer internships with campaign consultants, both here in Washington and in Florida. And it just became, you know, the a, a thing I thought I could be passionate about throughout my career. Gotcha. Now, you, you said uh, your grandmother was in politics in New Jersey. Is that where uh, how how that come about? Is that original family up there? Did that just her career take her that that direction? Yeah. So you know, as most people in Florida are, they're all from New York or New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking, if I'm living in Florida, there is no way I'm going to be moving up where it's colder. I want to move down south where it's warmer. But right, right. So my parents moved to Florida, met in Florida, and never went home. They were originally <laughs> from Jersey. <laughs> gotcha. Yes. So um, both sides of my family are originally from the southern part of New Jersey. And I, I got to think that uh, the campaign side of things, that, that's always been very interesting to me because uh, granted, we see more just what's on TV and radio, but looks like it can get pretty heated and just, I mean, it's a, it's a fast moving train to be on. Oh, yeah. It is the least glamorous profession ever. <laughs> <laughs> it is like... 16, 17 hour days, you are just moving constantly. And your whole job is to make the candidate look the best that you can and to help them be as successful as possible. And then at the same time, sort of educating 
voters about your candidate and, and what their policy goals would be and what their personality is and what their background is. And you have a very truncated time period to do all of that. In. That's uh that's like sales 101. You're, you're selling, you're selling your, your, your client basically to, to everybody. Exactly. Exactly. And then, uh, you know, college, University of Florida, uh, we, we deciphered here, uh, you know, you were at the, the beginning of the Urban Meyer era before uh, we graciously took him up here uh, into the great state of Ohio, so. Yes, yes. Um, yep, was there the first year that Urban Meyer was was coached, and he put together, like, one of, I think, the only dual quarterback sort of playbooks for a college team at the time. So it was a really exciting time to be able to go to football games for like the cheap student price. And um, <laughs> as I'm sure you know, there's epic tailgating at the University of Florida. Like we know how to do it. <laughs> That's right. Well, I will share with you that I was the star of Urban Meyer coming to Ohio State. So that was really exciting on on my end. So I, sh- I can share in that with you. <laughs> we, we had really good football when I was at Ohio State. <laughs> He knows he knew how to put together a college football program. Right, absolutely. So Jenny, you know, um you're you're based in DC, uh, been there most of your career. I guess for one, I'm I'm always curious what what is what is the the culture? I mean, what is it like being around basically the the leaders and the lawmakers of our country on a daily basis? I mean, it's just that's got to be I would think awful intimidating to me. I would I don't think I could uh, hardly talk to anybody around there. <laughs> You know, I think because I started working for candidates. So how I ended up in Washington was I was working on a political campaign in Florida for a member of Congress who was running for the first time. He won. And typically members of Congress like to have at least one person on their staff in Washington that's sort of from the district or close to the district. So he asked me to move to D.C. And that's, you know, I thought I'd be here two years and then go back home. And here I am 17 years later, (laughs) still in Washington. Um, but you know, certainly when I worked for members of Congress and, you know, there would be nights where we'd be voting really late and you would have to walk through the rotunda of the Capitol, you know, sort of at night with the lights on and no one else there. And you definitely look up and, and see the frescoes and think to yourself, how did I get here? Like, how did this happen to me? This is just like the most special experience. And then, you know, so there's definitely those moments still when I'm walking, rushing to a meeting and I'm walking past the front of the Capitol and you just get an appreciation for where you live and the history. And, you know, even as much as like our time right now feels fraught, it's still, you know, you're part of a democracy that's unique in the world. So you definitely like there's definitely pinch yourself moments. And I'd say the flip side of that is, Members of Congress are people. They put on their clothes the same way we do. <laughs> I like, you know, in coach with the rest of us usually. They're just, you know, they're people with sometimes eccentric personalities, but people nonetheless. So you just kind of figure out how to navigate those personalities. And, you know, most of the time, they're just very normal, down to earth nice people who found an opportunity to serve their country in a, in a kind of unique way. I mean, to a point, just, I guess they're there to do a job and do it to the best of their ability. And exactly. So, so Jenny, you're part of our farm credit council and part of our farm credit system. So you're up there lobbying in DC, but you're lobbying for, I say the good guys, us in <laughs> agriculture, but uh, 
So what made you want to get involved into the farm credit system and the farm credit council? Was there some, was there agricultural background or just uh, an opportunity that presented itself? No, I'm not a farm kid at all. I um, happened to, so the first member of Congress that I worked for, part of my job on his campaign was to get to know the more rural parts of that district. So it was a district okay. that went from the East coast of Florida to the West coast of Florida. So a ton of uh, sugar, citrus, some cattle. Say probably orange groves and stuff, that area right there. Okay. Exactly. So I got to know those producers really well. And my, my boss at the time was on the agriculture committee. So I had the opportunity to start doing his ag issues and, you know, two years or so into that, working for that member, I got the opportunity to go work for a member from North Mississippi and his district was things I'd never seen. So cotton, um, corn, soybeans, like totally different than Florida. Oh yeah. So I spent a ton of time going down to the district. I would beg producers to let me come onto their farms <laughs> and do tours because, you know, you just, it, I think, and I tell staff that I work with now, in agriculture in particular, touching it, feeling it, smelling it, walking someone's farm with, with their producers and their families, that's really the only way that you learn it. So oh, yeah. I did a lot of that. I Farm Bureau in Mississippi was amazing. They took me all kinds of places. The universities, getting to know the research that they're doing in the agriculture space, the land grants, all that stuff. There was a couple people at Extension that I would spend a lot of time with. I just show up at the extension center in Starkville. <laughs> I, I feel like that's such a good point to make though, that a lot of the aides that are working for our, our congressional members is they, they may, most of them probably don't have a background in agriculture and to invite them to your farm, just to get to know, you know, just to, to understand it, to, you know, I, I know this is a far-fetched kind of um, idea from, our thought, I guess, Matt, you and I, but, you know, I had a cousin who thought a cow was a deer in a field, you know, and I don't want to say that most people think that, but, you know, there's just that opportunity to really educate them. And like you said, get them out on your farm so they can see it, smell it, ask questions, because really that's their job is to gather information and questions and take that back. And so I think that's such a good point, you know, to hear you say that, that, you know, that you just, you know, dove into it and that was your favorite part, which I feel like would be a lot of people's favorite part is going on tours and getting to learn people about people. Yeah, and I, and I will say, you know, for all our listeners out there, you know, get on our Farm Credit System website and on the Ag Credit uh, website. The Farm Credit System, they, and I can tell you, Jane, you guys have done a great job on just promoting the users, the, the, the producers, because yes, you know, do, does food come from the grocery store? To a point, yes, that's the end market. But knowing where that, how that food got to the grocery store and how how it was grown, and that's mm -hmm. I think a, a story that it seems like we keep retelling, but I think it's something that needs to be retold all the time because there is just there is so much just uh, just uninformed people. Just they they've never had the opportunity to go out yeah. to a farm or you know they want a loaf of bread well they know you go to the you know go down the corner corner store or the supermarket and get some they don't really understand that how that seed was planted in wheat and then went to the mill and everything yeah. so i think that's one great thing that at least i've noticed being an employee um with ag credit and part of the farm credit system that how we are really trying to promote the story of agriculture through the whole country yeah absolutely you know a big so i will say first of all being able, you know, moving from Congress 
to then taking the job with the Farm Credit Council. So I've been there now 12 years. And like you said, 12 years. Wow. I'm the, um, I lead our federal lobbying team at the council. And our job is really to represent all of the interests of farm credit before Congress and the administration. Though, you know, the things that are important, not just to the farm credit system, but also to our customers. And a lot of my job, like you said, is educating staff of members of Congress who often don't have any exposure to agriculture in the past. And I can appreciate that because that's very much my experience when I was on the Hill as well. And whenever we have folks from the farm credit system, whether it be customers or folks like you coming to town, invite people, invite members of Congress, invite the staff back to your farm. You've got to show them what you're doing because if you if you're not exposed to it, you just need that first sort of opportunity to get out and explore and ask the stupid questions and um, you know get a sense of the diversity of American agriculture, both in diversity of operator and diversity of operation. Yes. People do not have a good understanding of the amount of technology and um, just very cool things that are going on in American agriculture right now. Absolutely. And I think to a point, you know, it's not all glamorous, like, you know, a lot of our advertising makes it look, you know, yes, we do have a lot of technology on our equipment and, you know, the the guy with clean jeans and t-shirt and a tractor, well, that's, you know, that's all good advertising. And that that's how we usually start out the day. But by the end of the day, you're, you're usually covered in, and dust and you know and being right <laughs> but it's just it's you know get you get in that that real story of agriculture and you know like you said inviting people out to the farm i you know i know libby and i have talked about it and i can speak for i think a lot of farmers that we're a very proud group you know every, you, you come on out you know we're we like to show off our stuff you okay. know i like to show you know hey you know this is what we're doing and you know it's, it's a legacy it's it's is it a business? Yes. And it's always going to be a business, but it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's so much more than a business. That's, I guess, all we kind of look at it, especially as account officers, you know, yes, we have to look at it as a business, but it's, it's so much more. It's a, it's a livelihood. It's, you know, what we're doing now, we're definitely doing for the next generation. So. Yeah. Well, but it's a sophisticated business as well. Yes. These are sophisticated operations that are sometimes using futures markets and, all kinds of, of sophisticated business tools that people don't associate necessarily with, you know, your farmer, you know, with a couple of tractors. That's, you know, what they think of it. Yeah. And that's just not where we are, which is great. Yeah. And I think that sophistication level kind of takes me to my next question for you. And this is where, you know, I feel you guys really uh, come, come in. But, you know, I guess first, why is the farm, why, why, is, why is this organization important to us as farm credit customers? Yeah, absolutely. So farm credit was created by Congress more than 100 years ago, I think 107 now. And it's because it was created by Congress, Congress at any point can decide that they don't like the farm credit system and they would like to change it, alter it, or take it away. And it's such an important tool that's available to farmers, ranchers, agribusinesses, rural communities, because it's a dedicated source of credit for, for those industries. And, you know, unlike traditional banks that can kind of come in and out of the marketplace as the market determines, farm credit can't do that, nor would we want to. Our mission is to serve rural communities and agriculture in good times and bad. And without that tool, I think 
you know, American agriculture would fall behind the rest of the world. So it's my job to ensure that Congress and any administration understands, first of all, again, how sophisticated farming and ranching and agribusinesses are today and the need, the incredible need for credit that exists and that that credit has to be consistent and reliable. And that's what farm credit can provide. With the additional benefit of, you know, our young beginning and small programs, because we have that mission, because YBS is part of our mission and because we are constantly searching out new young beginning producers to join, you know, to become farm credit members, we have a unique opportunity to drive the next generation of agriculture and to make sure there are new producers. And there really aren't any other lenders who have that who are mission driven like that, who are, you know, committed to making sure there's a next generation of agriculture. So I think that's a really, that's the other really important part of, you know, ensuring that farm credit can exist for generations to come and can continue to serve customers in the way that we have for over a hundred years. I know there is a lot of, and Matt, I think you probably could agree just out of our clients ourselves that there's so many YBS members and including myself and my husband and our operation that if it wasn't for the firm credit system and for, for ag credit, you know, giving us that chance to, you know, to have that first loan to, you know, go out and do that, you know, to start our operation, even, I mean, we have many first generation farmers, which is so exciting that are young and beginning and small farmers that we are here for a mission. And that's, what's so exciting is to see them be successful and grow and, you know, it would just break my heart, to be honest, and to, to, if we, we didn't exist, because there would be a lot of young beginning farmers and first generation farms that would not even exist today exactly. if it wasn't for the farm credit system and for the work that you guys are doing. So we do appreciate all the work that you have done for us and that you guys continue to do. Oh, it's, it's my pleasure. It has been, you know, the honor of my career so far to represent the farm credit system, because I just, every time I, I'm particular in the young beginning and small space, but across the board, every producer that I meet is so incredibly generous with their time and their energy and are always so welcoming. And everyone within the system, all of the, you know, branch managers, CEOs, everybody that you meet is just so family oriented, so committed to the mission. And it's just such a pleasure to represent them. Like I think um, you mentioned it before, if you're going to be a lobbyist, what better organization to get the opportunity to represent than farm credit? <laughs> yeah. So can you, going along all of this, could you share what the pulse is on the Hill on, you know, just agriculture in general, because we have the farm bill that's coming up um, this year, you know, what is, can you give us a little bit of a, of kind of a feeling of pulse with, you know, the congressional members of, how they're feeling about agriculture and, and what are some of the hot topics that are in the farm bill? Sure, absolutely. So the farm bill is, the, is sort of the all-encompassing piece of legislation that reauthorizes most agriculture programs that you know flow through the federal government to individual producers. So, you know, all the farm service agency programs, all of the rural development programs. Um, parts of crop insurance, all authorized by the Farm Bill. And if the legislation is not passed every five years and those authorizations are allowed to lapse, then the government cannot administer those programs. 
So it is really important that Congress passes a farm bill. The current farm bill um, expires September 30th. And, you know, sometimes every farm bill is different. This will be my fourth farm bill uh, that I've had the opportunity to work on. And, you know, the political process is, is unique to each one. But if they do not pass the farm bill by September 30th, then either they can pass an extension. So just existing law would be extended for a certain period of time while they continue to negotiate or, you know, the legislation lapses. And while there's some flexibility to administer programs beyond September 30th, some programs would cease to be able to be administered. So again, really, really important that we get it done. From a political perspective, you know, I Congress is deeply divided right now. And whether it's the Democrats in the Senate who are in control or the Republicans in the House that are in control, that level of control, the margin of control is very, very narrow. So it's almost impossible to get anything done and signed by the president that is not done in an incredibly bipartisan way. So it's going to be, you know, the goals of, I think, both the House and the Senate and, and Chairman Thompson, who's the chairman of the House Ag Committee, and Chairwoman Stabenow, who's the chairwoman of the Senate Agriculture Committee, have been very clear that they want a bipartisan bill. Chairwoman Stabenow works very closely with her ranking member, Mr. Bozeman, who's a Republican from Arkansas. They have a very strong working relationship. The last farm bill that went through the Senate got 86 votes, which is sort of unheard of from a bipartisan perspective. And both of them are saying they want more than 86 for this farm bill. On the House side, Mr. Thompson is also taking a very bipartisan stance. And because there's so many new members on the Ag Committee who just have, have never served in Congress and certainly have never done a farm bill, um, you know, he is traveling the country, going to members' districts, educating, 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 getting people excited because he understands that this is going to take all parties, all people to get it done. Yeah, I think that's interesting, Jenny, because I, I had heard that too, that many members on our farm bill, they are uh, very new members um, to DC. So in your, I guess I want to ask your opinion here. I always like, you know, asking politicians opinions, but uh, <laughs> you know, I, I look at it as a great opportunity for us in agriculture, having basically young blood in there um, that maybe don't already have a persona about agriculture or wanting to learn and get that fresh outlook uh, for this farm bill. Cause you know, you talked about sophistication in agriculture. I got to feel that this farm bill probably has more, not really turmoil, but you guys got a lot of things that's, that's out and with uh, climate control and just, there's a, there's a lot of other things. that's probably, it's probably, you know, button up against this farm bill that, Hey, we got questions about this. How does it affect, you know, the farm bill? So I, I you know, I mean, in your feel, I mean, do you feel good about having the, the, the new, basically new blood in there for the farm bill? I do. I think, you know, thus far, all of the new members that I've met, whether they be Democrats or Republicans are all committed to educating themselves. The staff are all committed to getting educated. They're very excited to do a farm bill and to participate in the process. So I'm, I'm sort of probably unlike many in, in Washington, I'm an internal optimist when it comes to our ability to, at the end of the day, hold hands and govern. And, you know, there's probably not any other besides the debt limit, which I think everyone's tired of hearing about, but it's there and it's got to get done. Mm -hmm. Aside from that, 
it's really the only big piece of legislation that's going to move this year. So it's an incredible opportunity for folks to work together and get something done. Now, does that sort of limit the, the, the realm of possible of what can you make it into the farm bill? Absolutely. We're talking probably small tweaks, minor changes, not transformational legislation. And that's, and that's a positive thing with what what is in the farm bill that would, you know, directly affect our farmers. And can you go into a little bit of some of the um, topics in the past that have a, I mean, absolute direct impact on our farmers that they may not realize that um, can be easily pulled out of the farm bill and most people want to have taken out of the farm bill or, you know, things that... The, how they want to split it or, you know, just all of the things that they've talked about with that direct impact. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, at the most basic level, again, just making sure that the programs are authorized by Congress so that they can be implemented. But, you know, every farm bill, there's certain fights that have to be fought and, you know, agriculture has to engage in those. So people want to make cuts to crop insurance, which means the federal subsidy level for people that purchase crop insurance would be altered. We want to prevent that from happening. Currently, the crop insurance program works pretty well. I know there's always products that need policies that don't have them. So sometimes like the farm bill is a good opportunity to add certain policies or certain um, flexibilities. So for instance, whole farm revenue crop insurance is a new product since the last farm bill. They'll probably make some tweaks to that to make it more user-friendly. If a member of Congress, and someone will, they will introduce legislation to cut crop insurance or fundamentally change crop insurance or add a different um, adjusted growth income limit to it. So we know our part of our job is to work with the rest of our friends in agriculture, so Farm Bureau, corn, beans, et cetera, and ensure that there's a strong crop insurance program and nobody is changing it in a negative way in the context of this farm bill. Some of the other things that we're working on at Farm Credit, along with other, um, you know, lending institutions, is increasing the the cap for FSA guaranteed loans. Mm-hmm. Woohoo! Yeah, we like to hear that. So right now, um, the cap is just over two million, but you know, and you guys know this from from this your service territory. If you are going to get into, you know, chicken production, for instance, you probably need about six houses to have a sustainable business that feeds your family, right? Well, you're talking way over $2 million to be able to finance that. So we would like the caps to go to 3.5 million um, adjusted then to inflation so that it's a program that works for how expensive agriculture is currently to get into. If you want young beginning producers, you've got to make sure the programs that are available match the realities of becoming a new producer. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that that buying land now, I mean, you easily can hit that limit. And then, you know, then the flexibility piece is for our producers is very, very difficult then, it seems like. Yeah, it is. Well, hey, we're going to take a quick break and we will be right back on a credit set it. Already have a nice low rate on your first mortgage loan? Looking for a way to use the equity in your home for improvements to your property? 
without losing that nice low rate? Ag Credit offers a fixed rate, fixed payment, second mortgage loan with a term of up to 10 years. Building a pole barn or making home improvements? For more information on where to get started, go to www.agcredit.net or call your local Ag Credit today. All right, guys, we're back with uh, Jenny Mezzaro. We are we're hitting some good topics today. Farm Bill, um, the Farm Credit Council. So, Jenny, I want to get back to um, you know we're talking about the Farm Bill and everything in that one big thing with the Farm Credit System and the Farm Credit Council. We talked about our our YBS, you know, our beginning producers. You said this is your fourth Farm Bill that you've been a part of. For a lot of our young producers. This is their first part. They 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 don't know what what's in it or what they should be looking at. And I think looking at more of our our beginning guys, what should they be focusing on in this farm bill? So you know, depending on on what kind of production you're involved in, you obviously want to pay attention to the program specifics. So target prices for the commodities, make, you know, the crop insurance programs that are important for for what you're growing. Yes, but you know, really. Just getting the farm bill done so that even existing programs that they may be participating in, like EQIP or um, technical assistance through NRCS, you know, all of that, again, comes through the farm bill. So, and, and the programs that are authorized there. So, you know, advocating through either farm credit or the other um, member organizations you may be a part of, if you're part of Farm Bureau, they'll be advocating for the passage of the farm bill. If you are a member of the Soybean Association or the Corn Growers, we are all working very closely together and job, we, you know, we all have our individual priorities for our industries, but job one is just get the bill done. So the more that you can communicate with your members of Congress that this is important for your livelihood and that as a constituent, you care about the farm bill, you know, the more successful we'll all be as agriculture. So, you know, kind of look at that local level um, that our producers can do. You know, you talked about being involved in those organizations, uh, Farm Bureau, other. Is there a place that, you know, our producers can go to get more information on the farm bill and how they can help, you know, push push stuff through as much as we can at the local level here? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, the Farm Credit Council, so farmcredit.com, we have a ton of resources available on Farm Bill and our positions on Farm Bill. You can also visit our website if we're ever doing a, a campaign to, you know, help members of Congress understand the, the how important the passage of the Farm Bill is. So, Members of Congress get information in, in a couple of ways, right? So the detailed sort of working through bills is often myself and, you know, others in the ag space and, you know, leadership of farm credit organizations, the corn, the soybeans, those folks coming together and working with members of Congress to educate them more broadly and also more narrowly so that we're getting things in legislation that makes sense. But when it comes to the passage of those bills, it's also helpful for members of Congress to understand that there's a um, economy of scale there. So they have lots of constituents who are interested in what that member of Congress is going to do, how they're going to vote on an individual piece of legislation. So that's where we utilize grassroots tools. So we generate mass amounts of folks who are either supporting or opposing particular legislation so that members of Congress can say, you know what? I got a thousand emails 
from individuals who support the farm bill. I better vote for the farm bill. So one of the ways that we generate that kind of information to members of Congress is through our grassroots platform. We use it pretty sparingly. It's really, again, just for really big pieces of legislation that we support. And, you know, a way to get notifications is to text the word credit. So C-R-E-D-I-T, just like farm credit, to 52886. And you can be a part of the council's grassroots program. I'm sure Farm Farm Bureau, other organizations also have those as well. So you can go to their websites and sign up too. But that's a really great way to kind of get involved and then also get alerts. For instance, like the day that the farm bill's on the floor, you'll get an alert. Gotcha. Okay. So then when do like when they get an alert, like how do they how do they send their email or how did like what do, what do they do when they get that alert then? It's super easy. So if you text credit, you'll um, put in your your name, your email address your phone number, and your zip code. And we use your zip code to match you to your member of Congress or your senator. And depending on where the bill is, you'll either be able to email right there through your text. There'll be a link to load up your email. It's preloaded what it says. You can edit it if you'd like, but it's, you know, preset. It's very simple, usually saying like, you know, the farm bill is going to be on the floor tomorrow. Make sure you vote yes. I mean, real simple. But you'll get that text alert and you'll be able to just put in your information and send the emails to your appropriate members of Congress. Okay. So, yeah. Very, is, very simple. That, that is yes. awesome. And for all our listeners out there, this uh, this information will be in our show notes. And, uh, and we'll have Kayla put some links up on uh, uh, stuff so that, uh, you know, everybody can uh, look this stuff up. You know, and I, I think that's, you know, we talk about sharing that story of agriculture. And... Uh, it's kind of like what Jenny said is, you know, it's important that we as farmers, we as producers, whether you're an orange grower in Florida or a cotton grower in Mississippi or a corn beans, wheat and cattle farmer from Northwest Ohio, or I got, you know, or our, our hog producers, but uh, (laughs) you know, it's, it's, it's sharing that story. You know, uh, you know, if you get, if you get an opportunity to talk with your local legislators, or if, if one of you, if you get just get the opportunity to talk to one of our representatives, Share that story. Let them know how proud we are. And, you know, I've said it before, you know, the American farmer, we have been tasked with feeding the world. Basically, yes, it's it's a worldwide agriculture, but we are always the front runner. We're the we're the goat. We're the we're the quarterback of this of this whole industry. So it's it's up to us to just drive this thing home every time. Yes. I like to tell people that stories are sticky. So. Most members of Congress, you can show them, you know, corn price charts or, you know, where we are economically within the agriculture industry. And they'll have a general sense that what you told them is good or bad, but they'll always remember the farm family that they met on a farm tour and, you know, their methane digester or, their how many acres of corn that they saw and how beautiful it was or that you know somebody told them you can only harvest cotton on days that are sunny because otherwise your <laughs> cotton is gray i mean they remember those specific stories because they felt it they touched it they heard it from a constituent and there's nothing more important than telling your story if we want to ensure that members of congress and, and folks in the administration as well um understand what it is that we're doing every day in the agriculture industry it's hitting all of those senses, you know, that they can mm-hmm. just be there and, you know, and, and have, have be live the life of a farmer for a day and, and understand what that's like. So no, I, 
I understand that because I feel like with our, with even just with our customers, when we go out to the farm, you know, we, that's how we get a better sense of understanding for their operations. And so I, I, I appreciate that. Well, that's one thing I always, you know, maybe I'm a little biased, but I think the farm credit system, I, I believe we are the lenders for mm-hmm. rural America. And, you know, it's kind of like, you know, the Ohio State University. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're, we're, we're the top, but you know, it's, we call ourselves, we're, yeah, we're lenders, but we're, we're relationship lenders. You know, we're building that relationship with that producer. And, you know, it's not just this generation. We're we're wanting to, you know, we watch the the young farm couple have kids and then we're hoping to develop that relationship with their next year with that with that group. You know, so it's you know, it's 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 a system really like none other. Oh, absolutely. It's my favorite, you know, thing to explain to folks is that we're such a we're so customer oriented. So in so many of your financial relationships do you know your loan officer do you know you know your You're credit advisor number. that's you yeah. know that's that's how i look at it with a lot of you know out, out different lending than what we do is you're an account number in a lot of places and that's but that's how that industry is geared towards right 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 it's about pumping out the loan whereas everybody in farm credit knows exactly who their loan officer is and that person has probably been on their farm at some point if not multiple times a year to right. say hi and and it's what allows us also to be more flexible right if you can get a sense of what a producer is is doing or trying to do with their business then you can communicate it to your credit folks and we can make decisions and help young beginning producers in a way that traditional lenders just cannot we are the we are the experts. That's what I like to say. <laughs> well, Jenny, yes. we just want to say thank you so much for um, taking time out of your day to join us and share with us about the Farm Credit Council and about the Farm Bill, and just sharing our time getting to getting to know you as well. And uh, I think that's going to wrap us up for today. And I just want you know, usually I always tell all of our listeners, hey, be sure to look on uh, look over website agcredit.net for all information. I am hoping. I was, I, I'm hoping I'm hitting this worldwide now. Yeah, I, I, I feel like we might be kind of a big deal here. But, you know, for, for our listeners that may not be, because the farm credit system, we are a territory driven just for ease of convenience for members organization. So on the farm credit uh, website, you can find your regional lender. If I'm hoping I'm talking, I'm hoping somebody is in their tractor and their their Grove in California listening to me right now, yeah. but, uh, but, you know, so definitely look it up and find your, find your local farm credit office uh, to work with. Um, if you can't give us a call at Ag credit, I'll direct you that we'll, way. We'll so. help you and we'll help you find that, you know, that closest office to your County. That's and right. We, you know, we, we believe in, in farm credit across, across our nation and not just here, here in Ohio and our territory. So I think today, you know, the best thing to do is for our producers is to get a hold of your um, congressional members and share your story. And, and like Jenny said, invite them out to your out to the farm so they can touch it, feel it, smell it and live the life um, of you for a day and, and really um, let them get to know you and and have them contact you for questions rather than, you know, contacting, you know, the wrong, the wrong um, individual yes. or organization um, to get the wrong information. So, and, um, and Jenny, one more time, what was that uh, text uh, um, yep. for people to do? Sure. Absolutely. You text credit to five, two, eight, eight, six. Perfect. Thank you. Everybody be doing that on your phones right now. <laughs> 
<laughs> all right, that'll do it for this episode of Ad Credit Senate. Be sure to follow us on all our social media platforms and please subscribe to our um, podcast so others can um, find it as well. Thanks again, and we'll see you later on Ad Credit Senate. Thank you for listening to Ad Credit Set It. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. While you are there, leave us a review to help others find the show. Let's talk ag in between episodes. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Ag Credit. For more tips and resources, visit agcredit.net.